Hello and welcome. You're listening to Dad's Gaming Corner, a podcast of conversations between dads and their kids about games, movies, and everything in between. I am your host, Michael Masick, and joining me as always is my wonderful son, Jaden. How are you? I'm doing fine. You're eyeing your cable there. Something wrong with your cable? Nope. Just checking it out? Looks fine. Looks fine to you? Just checking it mm-hmm. out? Mm-hmm. Cool. This is Dad's Gaming Corner. This is episode 29 for the week of Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. You know, I, I'm really getting used to the whole 2020 thing. Like, I'm ready for 2020 to be over because the whole COVID thing, but at the same time, it's like, I'm liking the saying 2020. It's kind of like one of those Just old now? shows when I, you know, grew, when I was growing up, you know, 60 seconds. I don't get it. It was a show. Oh. A news show. Yeah, I don't get it. You don't get it. Nope. Anyway. All right, uh, this is Dad's Gaming Corner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DadsGC as well as Facebook.com slash Dad's Gaming Corner. Be sure to drop us a line at HeyDads at DadsGamingCorner.com and send us your thoughts, questions, and even your own mom or dad story. We'd always uh, we'd like to hear from you and we always love hearing from our fans. And so um, we have a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, not a lot. I guess it's only, what, four? But we do have some news we want to talk about. Actually, it looks like it's only three. We've trimmed it down quite a bit. Uh, and then we want to talk about some games that we're playing because we are playing some fun games. I want to jump right into that. So uh, let's kick it right off that uh, Nintendo hosted a brand new kind of Direct on July um, of this month. Sorry, my mind just totally went blank. Uh, a couple days ago. I had the date in there. It's not in there right now. Um, that's what's throwing me off. I, I put it on there July, May 20th. <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It was July 20th. There we go. I was like, I know I have the date on there. July 20th. Okay, so this is significant because Nintendo hasn't done a Direct in a very long time. Um, every once in a while, they'll do like a mini Direct, but with E3 being canceled because of COVID-19, a lot of developers have been hosting their own kind of online presence and you know revealed trailers of upcoming games that they've been working on, different projects, things like that. Um, publishers, developers alike. Right. Uh, Nintendo's been really quiet. They haven't really said anything. Uh, they released that small little one that was primarily focused on um, Super Smash when they were re- revealing, you know, here's the new character for ARMS. Mm-hmm. You know, small stuff like this. When, uh, right before Paper, Paper Mario came out, they released a, a Nintendo Treehouse. And uh, the Treehouses generally are just, hey, here's some people playing this upcoming game. So you're watching people play an upcoming game. It's not really my thing. I've, I've ne- I don't really like the treehouses. Um, even during E3, when they would do still their own direct format, they would still have a, like on-site e, uh, uh, Nintendo treehouse, and I just didn't care about that. Um, and so when they announced that there was a direct mini coming out, which a normal direct's right around forty minutes long, give or take a few, uh, a mini is considerably shorter. This one was very short at only eight minutes, mm-hmm. but it was the first of a brand new showcase called uh partners showcase so this is very similar to what um nintendo has been doing with their indie uh, world showcase i don't know the difference because almost everything they showed us was from an indie de- i guess not indie developer um because you had 2k games in there and a few others that we're gonna talk about uh but there were an indie in there you know, a couple of indies in there as well um where an indie world showcase is really just hey it's like nintendo saying hey we host all these indie games on the switch and we want to let you know about them and we want to celebrate them with you and these games are coming soon, and just really creating an atmosphere for indie games to really shine on the Switch. Um, this was called a Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase, and it appears to be a brand new showcase for Nintendo moving forward. Uh, Nintendo did their earnings call 
you know, a few weeks ago, and one of the things they talked about, or it was asked of them, are you, when's the next Nintendo Direct? Are you having another Nintendo Direct? And they came back and said, uh, while the Nintendo Directs have been, you know, popular, a good way of getting mm-hmm. our media out there, we're always looking at new and innovative ways to let our customers know what we're up to, you know, what we're bringing out. So I don't think that was a, that was definitely not a no, but it was kind of a, are, could they be changing this, you know, soon in the future? With COVID right now, everything's changing. I mean, people are already making plans for next year for like E3 and things like that. But, you know, I mean, I don't want to talk about COVID and all that. But the way it's affecting our society right now, we thought it was going to be over a couple months ago. And it's still going. And then there are some states that are reversing even further. So I don't know what Nintendo's planning on doing moving forward. I just want to hear more news. I know a lot of people, if you Google anything about Nintendo... They're asking when is the next direct or when's the next big re- reveal of something. They talked about Breath of the Wild last the year, second the one. second one last year. Haven't heard anything about it. Uh, Metroid Prime Three has been in development now for three, four, five years that we know of. Um, but then they restarted development with you know with the, a new crew. We haven't heard anything about that either. And so it's just I don't know. It's just kind of interesting that we're still waiting to hear on this. So but. On this showcase uh, particular, let's go and talk about this one right here. Uh, there were five games that they talked about over the eight minute, uh, eight minute and some seconds episode that you can watch via YouTube. We're gonna put a link right in the show notes so y'all can watch it yourself. Um, and the again, this is uh, the only highlighted five games, and so there was a lot of people disappointed in this direct. Um, the five games they talked about was WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is already out, but that's receiving three paid DLCs. One that is already out as of right now, this is recording. Two more that are coming out over the course of this year. Uh, Rogue Company, which is honestly looks like, I mean, I haven't played Rogue Company, but it looks like Fortnite, but in, you know, modern day graphics. Uh, almost like, uh, you know, PUBG. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Fortnite has made it so big as a, as a you know, shooter, you know, battle royale thing everybody's making a battle royale right. just trying to cash in on, on some of that. So I don't know. I know Caleb was really interested in Rogue Company. What did you think about that one? I didn't really care, to be honest. I was kind of just, that's cool, you know? It, it was neat to see, you know, something like this coming to the Switch. The overall direct felt very underwhelming, kind of like let yeah, down. I liked it better than the normal ones, though, because the normal ones take forever I'd rather you than mean, just like the mini format where it's shorter, like the rapid yeah, fire I like games. Yeah, the mini game. ones better than the long Nintendo Directs because the the long ones, you know, you have to sit on forever and there's all this information getting thrown at you over this long period of time. I'd rather them just tell me little pieces of information, you know, at a time. You know what I mean? So, would you rather them do, let's say, a mini direct, maybe once a quarter, so once every three months, rather than a full blown direct? You know, twice a year? Yes. I can see it both ways. Because in the bigger directs is when they tend to talk more about their first-party titles. Maybe if they did their main direct, that's mainly Nintendo-published games. So, And if it's just that, it can be reduced to like 20, 20, 30 minutes tops. And then when it comes to the mini directs, they can do the partner directs like they're doing right here. They can do the indie showcase that they did in in the past. And those could all be smaller and like peppered throughout the year and everything Mm -hmm. else. So you get your two bookend, like, big directs. And I would enjoy that. Just any information is better than no information. And I feel like in the Nintendo scope right now, while there's still a lot of great games coming to Switch, we don't have any information. Uh, The other games they talked about was, and I know I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Shin Megami 
Tenzai, something like that. Uh, three remember. is coming to Nintendo Switch, and then at the very end, they did one more release saying, "Oh, and by the way, five is also coming at a simultaneous world release so on all consoles in 2021." So, I mean, that was interesting. Um, I came out of it though really um, only caring about WWE 2K Battlegrounds, which we've talked about on the show before, and yep. I was curious how it's going to look. Um, all the footage we saw was for the Switch. Uh, we've watched that video two times now. Mm-hmm. Two, two. Yeah, I think twice. I've watched it three times. We've watched it together twice. I've watched it three times. Um, so l- let me let's talk about the good stuff. Uh, let's get the good stuff out of the way. So, what did you see about pl- uh, battlegrounds that you liked? He want to say playgrounds because what I'm used to saying. Um, battlegrounds. I don't know. It just looked fun. You know, um, I played a little bit of wrestling games before, and they're always so complicated. There's so many different like. What have you played? I don't remember. It was, like, a long time ago. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, there's always so many, like, combos, and it just gets complicated. It's kind of like um, NBA 2K. That's just what I was thinking. It's so complicated. There's so many different buttons and everything. Which is fun when you learn it all, but, man, there's a lot to learn. Yeah, it's just really annoying. So this one seemed just, like, a lot a lot simpler and just fun, just in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but again, like playgrounds where it's overboard and, and mm-hmm. the fighting is overboard. And yeah, their fists like one scene get on fire and stuff. There's one scene where uh, two wrestlers were fighting and, you know, they jump straight up in the air and it's almost like they hover for a second or two, like in a Matrix style, and then they come crashing mm-hmm. back down. And uh, it, it was cool. So uh, we, there's still not a lot of information out there, but what is known is that it's going to be bringing wrestlers, both that are superstars now as well as legends, so a perfect example of that would be Andre the Giant they brought back in. Mm-hmm. And I, what I loved about that is we've talked on the show before about the wrestling game that was on NES. I think it was WrestleMania. Um, had Hulk, Hulk, Hogan, Hulk Hogan on the um, on the cartridge and you know, wearing his normal yellow and he's ripping his shirt. And, and that's the you know wrestling game I grew up on in the NES. Love that game. I need to get you to play the game with me. Nah. Yeah, we need to try it. It's, it's not complicated. you got two buttons. You have A and B. That's well, it. That's uncomplicated. That's too... Well, no, because then you can like get speed by bouncing off either sides of the ropes, going back and forth, wow. back and forth. And then you can pick up a chair and, and hit somebody with it. Well, in this one, you can get a motorcycle. You can. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. And what about the alligator? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they threw him off, and he like went into a river or something, some body of water, and an alligator ate him. Jumped up out of the water. Actually yep. jumped up out of the water and snatched him out of the air. Yep. So this game actually looks really cool. It's going to feature over 70 uh, playable wrestlers at launch. Excuse me. And that uh, looks like more wrestlers are going to be added as free updates after the launch and everything else. Um, I'm glad that it's free updates. Remember how we talked about the, the price tag? At right at, I think it's right at $40, $39.99. Oh, yeah. And we're saying, man, I hope they're not doing any microtransactions because mm-hmm. if you're charging $40, that's a premium title right there right. at 40 bucks. And then microtransactions, not cool with that. Um Glad they're not doing that. Looks like it's all going to be free updates. So what did you think about the look? I liked it. It was a lot like NBA Playgrounds. So I thought it was cool. So you played a lot of NBA Playgrounds. You, Caleb. I mean, I played with y'all some. Um, I felt that, though, the the facial expressions in Playgrounds were a lot cleaner than what I was seeing for Battlegrounds. Uh, the graphics, the faces just looked kind of muddied a little bit. And I know, I know when you bring a new game, a lot of times the Switch gets a lower, you know, graphical, right. you, know, you know, fidelity there. Um, it just didn't look, it I looked didn't better, it looked better than I thought. 
Um, it just seemed kind of, I don't know, unpolished. Like they could have, like, okay, the, you got the guy's skin color right, but then go and add a layer of gloss to it. Like, like let, let us see something a little bit more that pops. I didn't notice. Mm. Anyway, well, that was it for Nintendo. I mean, just want to throw that at you. But um, I don't know. 40 bucks. I'm going to wait for to go on sale, or at least until I hear some raving reviews. Um, I think it'll do good. It looked like lots of fun. I This this is a game I'm really hoping does good because it looks like a lot of fun. I just want to actually get some gameplay and try it out. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but that's it. For, again, we'll put a link in the show notes for the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. So uh, let's move on to Xbox. We haven't talked about Xbox in a while, but some new information just came out that speaks really uh, it's, it's, it's it's exciting news. If you're an Xbox owner, this should be very exciting to you. If you're trying to decide between you know, the Xbox Series X or the PS5, this right here might sway you as well. So let me just... Go Xbox. Go, yeah, I'm going to read this here. Garbage. So uh, the Xbox Series X is supposed to have the most diverse first-party lineup in Xbox history, according to Xbox uh, boss Phil Spencer. I feel like saying Xbox boss and Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Xbox boss. I'm like, there's too many boxes in Xbox. What? Well, because Xbox and then the boss. Xbox boss? Xbox boss. Say that 20 times fast. We don't have to. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for 20. Um, It's been confirmed. Here's the cool part. It's been confirmed that Xbox exclusive titles will be on both Xbox Series X and Xbox One for the next couple of years with a huge focus on first-party games. Now, this is a big deal because when when the Xbox 360 was out, um, they still didn't have a lot of first, you know, solid first-party games. They got a lot of ports, or not ports. You know, games were being developed for for both consoles. You know, the PS3, the 360, as well, including the Wii U to to some extent. Um, but the thing here is that um, the 360 did great, and they because they kind of really ushered in the whole indie game revolution as far as consoles go, uh, and the, and it was just a good good console. When the when Xbox One launched, there were almost no exclusive first-party titles. I mean, you had Halo, you had Forza, but even then, those were down the pipeline. Uh, there wasn't really a reason to be an Xbox fan unless you just, I like Xbox, I don't like PlayStation. That was your only argument. PlayStation was getting tons of first-party exclusives. Well, Phil Spencer is coming out and saying that for the next couple of years, there will be a huge focus on first-party games. That's big. And here's the other thing. The console will also launch with a massive backwards compatibility catalog, something that Xbox One was missing when it first launched in 2013. And, and not only that, but it was still lacking until just recent years. And so... Um, I think they're going the right direction. This is huge. Mm-hmm. First party uh, uh, titles coming out. Um, when the Xbox One launched, they weren't doing great. But what Microsoft was doing was beginning to buy up studios left and right. Just buying up studios. Oh, yeah. Cuphead, you know, wasn't made by Microsoft, but they were, you know, they were bought. That company was bought, so now it was a Microsoft exclusive for for a short while. Um, games like that, they've been buying up, you know, uh, tons of different developers, and so many begin to speculate that the Xbox One era would be one where Microsoft was learning from their mistakes and then quickly building up so that when the Series X launched or the next Xbox One, whatever it's going to be, which is now the Series X, they'd have this huge library, and it looks like that's what's happening. Yep. And having backward compatibility at the gate is huge because that means you could have Xbox games from every generation day one on your Xbox Series X. That's a big deal, especially nowadays when you have larger collections of PlayStation games, Xbox games. Um, people want backward compatibility. Sony has struggled with this. Microsoft has struggled with this. They've owned on their own thing at different times. Uh, it looks like they're going to come out swinging, though, which is a really, really good thing to hear. Um, 
Yeah, so what are your thoughts about that? I mean, we have an Xbox One. We, yeah. we don't lean heavy into it uh, since the Switch came out, but... Uh, yeah, I think they're they're definitely going the right direction because they've been slacking off a little bit recently. So I think they're this is definitely going to give them a boost, at least I hope, because I like Xbox. So I, I, I think and I hope that this will, you know... You know, put some pep in their step. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I mean, one of the reasons, and we've talked about it on the show before, but one of the reasons I really like Nintendo isn't necessarily for the hardware, although they are very innovative when it comes to the hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their first-party lineup. Right. I mean, you've got the Marios, you've got the Zeldas, and you've got you know, all of the spinoff for Mario and everything else. Uh, Donkey Kongs. I mean, the list goes on. The Mario parties, you just keep talking. Smash, you Mario just keep Kart. talking. Mario Kart, you just keep talking. Great first-party titles. Um, and with a switch, they're on fire because the console is amazing. And then you have all of these, you know, first party titles that are hitting very strong coming. It's that's amazing. They pretty much axed their, you know, 3ds, uh, product line. So now you have these first party titles that are no longer split between two consoles, you know, a home console or on the go console. And they're all coming under one uh, umbrella, which is the switch really good thing to hear. And so for Xbox to be doing this, I'm actually excited because I'm wondering, what are these Xbox games that are coming out that are going to be this good? That I'm like, okay, I might want a Series X now. So I'm actually excited for this. Would we'll well, you play the Series X if you actually got it? Though? If it had good games, I would. And, and I know there are people that are listening that argue that Xbox One has good first-party titles, and they do, they do. And I have a few of them. Um, but that's the thing. I have a few. I've got like three or four, and that's it. Everything else it seems like you can get on PlayStation, or nowadays you can even get it on Switch. I'd rather have have it on Switch, yeah. you know. Like I own The Witcher Three on Xbox One, and I own it on Switch. Uh, it definitely looks better on Xbox One, but I love having the portability in Switch. You know, just makes it easy. Like last See, night, I went upstairs, played on my Switch for about twenty minutes, and then went to bed. Yeah, Nintendo is just smart. Just really cool. All right, on to other news. So Metacritic, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the past. Metacritic um, has been having issues with um, uh, review bombing. So let me just read this here. So this is courtesy of uh, Nintendo Life. Review bombing has become a serious problem of the review aggregate website Metacritic. And over the past few years, a number of high-profile Nintendo Switch games plummet upon release. And so um, what Metacritic is doing is that they're implementing a 36-hour delay on user reviews to ensure, and here's the quotes, gamers have time to play. And so what they're basically saying is when a game comes out, uh, critics can can go ahead and rate it right away, especially if they've gotten review code or preview codes early on to you know right. to, to see what the game looks like. Well, what's happening, and, and and again, you see it truly as review bombing. So here are some of the games that we've seen over the last several years. So um, in 2018, this happened to Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. In 2019, it was Astral Chain, and the most recently um, was Animal Crossing New Horizons that came out earlier mm. this year. And you're seeing a lot of zeros when you look at the sales numbers alone. This is one that this is this is turning into the best selling game of of this uh, of this year, hands down. You know, period. I don't know what the new sales numbers are, but I I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the best selling games in the last decade. I mean, it's just it's selling like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's pushing consoles like crazy. In fact, Nintendo just had their earnings report. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I I told you about it, oh, and yeah. it, it during COVID when a lot of developing is getting delayed and there's low stock and everything else their hardware sales were still up uh, year over and uh 20 something just a, we'll, we'll say 20 percent. it was right over it's like 21 24 something mm-hmm. like that but just over 20 percent. their software sales was up over 45 percent 
And they credit a lot of that to Pokemon, Sword and Shield, and then specifically Animal Crossing. And so, I mean, Animal Crossing is doing really, really well. So the fact that you can look on Metacritic and it can get a, you know, critic score of like, say, 86, generally on Metacritic, you see the user and the critics right about the same, okay? Right. Review bombing, you go look, the game's sitting at 86 on critics and users, it's sitting down like in the low 40s, low 50s, 60s, something like that. That's pretty suspicious. Well, what's funny is you read some of the reviews and you, you, you can see that these people haven't even played the game. Because they're talking about things that make no sense about it. Like, it does not relate to the right. game. I hate this game because it doesn't have something. And they give it a big fat zero. And it does have it. Or just because they hate the series. Animal Crossing's for babies. Big fat zero. Well, that's not how you review a game. It doesn't make any sense. So what, what they're doing out of doing, I'm sorry, out of researching with other companies and what's the best way to do this, they're implementing this 36-hour rule. So um, I... I a game cannot be reviewed by users until basically after the weekend it releases to give it time, a full 36 hours. That's so you smart. have time to play. It is. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. I just don't know if yeah. it's going to be enough. Um, uh, Metacritic, you know, obviously, you know, people go there to, to, to get a good feel for games. And so they're frustrated because they can't do anything about this. Uh, they released an actual statement, and we have this via GameSpot. And they said, we recently implemented the 36-hour waiting period for all user reviews in our games section to ensure our gamers have time to play these games before writing their reviews. This new waiting period for user reviews has been rolled out across Metacritic's game section and was based on data-driven research and with the input of critics and industry experts. So that, that's their reasoning behind this. Um, I don't know if it's going to fix it. I don't know if it's enough to fix it. Uh, I really just don't think it is. It's interesting to me that we really only see review bombing on games, though. I mean, it's just... Yeah. I don't know. That is rather odd. So does the gaming uh, audience out there have nothing better to do than to go out there and hate on a game? Especially a game they haven't even rated. Uh, I remember seeing one review uh, in relation to games and everything else in review bombing where they were talking about another game and gave it a, and just and gave it a zero. Like, let's say it's for Animal uh, uh, Animal Crossing, and they give it a zero, but then they start talking about how great another game is. <laughs> I mean, again, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. It's like they're hating just to hate. So um, That is kind of The first game though. that they're implementing this on, though, is uh, Paper Mario, uh, The Origami King, which we'll talk about here in a second when we get to what we've been up to. So I just think that's interesting, and I hope this actually does curve uh, some of the hate out there as far as games go, and we get some really good, honest reviews. So uh, without... More in the news, just going to jump right into what we've been up to this week. And then, uh, Jay, why don't you talk about what we've, you, we, okay. been watching this week. Well, we recently, I don't know if it was this week or last week. It was it was one week. It was some day of a week. Um, we finished um, Batman The Dark Knight Rises, or just Dark Knight Rises. It was, it's the Dark Knight Trilogy mm-hmm. by Christopher Nolan, yeah. And you've got, we finished the third one, The Dark Knight Rises. Yep. Um, but it took. It took a minute. It took what? Well, two we watched, sit-throughs or three? Well, I think it was two. Yeah, I think it was two because we watched like half of it and then half. But we watched the first two a while ago. Right. And we watched those like back to back. Like a day between. Right. right. So I don't know what took why this one took forever. So you've seen all three now. I have. What's your favorite? I can't decide. I know it's not the first one, which is still amazing. I really like the first Very one. Very good movie. It's either the second or the third. And... I feel like the main thing, I don't even know. I can't decide. It's either the second or third. What makes the second one really stand out to you? Um, 
well, part of it is obviously Joker, you know. It's just his performance? Right. Oh, my goodness. Really amazing performance. Um, Yeah, and then him, like, his, uh, the dynamics they show between Batman and Joker, I really enjoyed. So, that, that, I feel like that's the main thing keeping me from saying the third one's my favorite. I can't decide. Now, what about the third one makes it your favorite? Well, um, hmm. I don't know. What I really liked about the third one is how well they showed how the world, like, how Gotham just changed, like, completely. Because in the second one, you know, Joker, he's robbing banks or whatever. He's, you know, he's stirring stuff up, but nothing huge happens. You know what I mean? In this one, like, you see, like, the whole police force is trapped underground. Everyone is going crazy. They brought Scarecrow back, and he's being a judge now. You know, the whole city is just turned upside down. They're blowing bridges up. It was it was just crazy. And I don't know. So for me, this one was just really cool because it had a bigger effect on the city than the second one did. And I like right. seeing that. And it was just really like, I don't know. It was really hopeless. That's, I, that's what I liked about this one. It was super hopeless. Like, because Batman gets beat up by Bane. And then he gets trapped in some hole, and then the whole city's turned upside down. The cops aren't there. No one's doing anything. Bane's just walking around like he owns the place, you know. So this movie was just really hopeless, and I felt like it was it was good, right? So I don't, I just really like this one. But I I feel like the only thing keeping me from saying I like this one better is Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Okay, so and I've, I've said this on the show before about about what you just said, Heath Ledger's. Uh performance when i was sitting in the movie theater when it came out and i'm watching it you know the room's pitch black because you're in a movie theater i'm watching this i remember i I said it to myself i they found joker Mm -hmm. like this isn't an actor they found the actual joker and he's now on the screen it was so good it it was so good just phenomenal and then the third one came out and i really hated the third one um which is interesting because I've watched the first two several times. I mean, probably multiple, multiple times. And the third one, I think I've only seen maybe twice before you and I watched it. Once in theater, maybe once when it came out on DVD or something. I don't know. I don't even know if I saw it then. Um, and here's my, my main reasons. Um, one of my big reasons was Anne Hathaway is in it, and she plays Catwoman. Up to this point, I'd only seen her in The Princess Diaries, and she's in two of those. So you've got this girl who's you know trying to be raised up as a princess you know, right. by um, by the amazing Julie Andrews and all this kind of stuff, and then she ter- she you know puts on a now she's Catwoman Catwoman costume and she's it just didn't fit like I couldn't buy the you character robbing people it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Right. Um, there are things that I wasn't happy about as far as how they ended the story with Batman. Um, There's just a lot of things I didn't I wasn't happy with. I, I walked out of the theater very very disappointed. Um, like very low on my list. But then when you and I were just watching it recently and we finished it last week, even though we sat through two settings, both times I was like, this is really good. Like way better than I remember this movie. Like this, if I would have rated the movie before and given it like a six, this movie's not like a, or maybe even a five. This movie's now a nine easily. Amazing mm-hmm. movie. Um, and I was shocked by it. And I think one of the reasons is I haven't seen Anne Hathaway in anything. In a really long time. So I recognize her face. I know who she is. 
And when you see her inner struggle between towards the end of, you know, Batman keeps saying, you know, it's in you. Mm-hmm. you know, he, he sees it and she makes the comment, I'm sorry to keep disappointing you. And she makes that final decision at the end and kind of comes back and saves Batman. I was just like, I, I feel it now. It's real. I see the inner struggle. Uh, the fact that Batman, um, and maybe that's the other thing, because I don't know if I've watched three at the right next to two at the end of two, because two ends, and then years later you see three. Um, but we saw two, and then we saw three. And so you see one, him, you know, Batman, you know, the Dark Knight, he's rising up, he's getting, mm-hmm. learning his abilities, everything else. I love that about this, this series by Christopher Nolan, oh, yeah. this trilogy. Everything about Batman is explained. It makes you know, sense. It, it all makes sense. You know, I could see this Batman being a real Batman. Mm-hmm. It was just really, really cool. Um, but when you see the second one, and it's so dark, the second one is so dark, and there really is a war on crime. Um, and you see Batman just coming out of everything he's got, and he literally throws himself to the point of death in the second one, mm-hmm. and he vanquishes all and everything else. Uh, but you got Two Face at the very end, you know, who turns, and you can see that also being crushing uh, uh, um, Batman himself. Mm-hmm. And then he takes the fall. Yep. You know, he takes the fall. Everything that uh, Harvey Dent had done up to that point that was good, you know, he now, he's now undoing because he's gone. He's gotten mad um, as Two Face, and he takes it all. And I love that ending line that that uh, uh, um, Commissioner Gordon says. About you know his his, his kid his son asking you know where is he going, <laughs> oh, yeah. and talking about you know he's he's uh, I don't remember the exact line um, I should have looked it up anyway we weren't planning on talking about Batman this long but you know it's the whole it's the whole line about how um, he's he he's the you know he's the knight or whatever we we don't deserve mm-hmm. um, but he's becoming the knight that we need and so he's becoming that criminal he's becoming he's he's becoming the fall guy that Gotham needs to be able to band together under, you know, the good that Harvey Dent was doing. Right. Um, while at the same time, he was being this amazing stand-up person, throwing his life down for everyone, and Gotham didn't deserve. It was just really cool. Was Which, just speaking of, I'm glad he got moments. credit in the third one. I'm glad they finally realized Dude. Batman was a good guy. So at the thir- so in the third one, and again, spoiler alert, whatever, this movie's been out forever. Right. <laughs> just saying. Um, so when we watched the third one, right after the second one, I was so much... Like I was, I was okay with the fact that Batman was had hung up his cape, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. The war was over. Even Commissioner Gordon was still trying to, you know, the other officers and detectives were trying to talk to him and saying, "Hey, the war's over." Even the um, uh, the city mayor was like, "Hey, Gordon, the war's over. It's done. The streets are clean. It's we're good. Harvey Dent's done a good job. We're good." Um, and so it starts off that way. So Bruce, I mean, is taking a back seat. And so when he finally does try to step back in as Batman, he just does it his normal way and gets his butt kicked. Um, and you see him having to retrain and everything else, and you find that uh, he really is broken. Like the mm-hmm. second movie really broke him. Um, and the way they, and I, we won't go, I won't go any further than this on it, but the way that the third one ends was so fitting, not just in the way that they ended his story, but it, again, it also makes sense. If he was already broken at the beginning of the third one, um, and then he puts everything out there again, he's done. Oh, yeah. Man, talk about movies that, like, tear you up. That that third one, multiple scenes, especially the last scene. And I, will just, I won't say anything other than Alfred. The very end of the movie, and he goes, and he has his little drink at that little table, as always. And he's looking around. Oh, my gosh. I was like. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Right I really liked it. Right there. And then, oh, my gosh, when he thought he really was dead. When Alfred thought mm-hmm. that, 
and um, standing over, standing the, over grave. the graves. He goes, I'm sorry, I failed you talking to his parents. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. hold it together. Yeah. <laughs> really good movies. Definitely better than the old ones. Yes. So I, so I, I just out of curiosity, I looked up on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, the highest rated, all the Batman movies being rated. And so uh, guess what the f- number one rated uh, Batman film is? This includes the old ones that I made you watch in the beginning. Um, it's not one of those, is it? Just make 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 your guess. I think it's this uh, the second one. What's it called? The dark is it just called Dark Knight? The Dark Knight. Dark Knight's number one. Guess what number two okay, is? I thought so. The Lego Batman movie. Oh really? And when I saw that, I was like, wait, what? I was like, oh, you know what? That movie was hilarious. It was really good, yeah. Because even in the other Lego movies, my favorite one of my one of my favorite, if not my favorite character in both Lego movies is Batman. Mm-hmm. Batman. But this is the bat the. Lego, the Lego Batman, Batman movie. movie, yeah, ranks number two, and then you have The Dark Knight Rises at number three, and The Batman Begins at number four. Mm-hmm. So those three are in the top right. rated, and th- this is you know critics, users alike, top rated Batman films. So really, really good movies. Um, I, I will say this, just going down to the bottom here, um, Batman and Robin. When I said okay, better graphics, but you know, just ridiculous, right? Ice skating, ice skating, hockey's, yeah, eleven percent. Oh, yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah, pure rotten. So anyway, thought that was interesting. Wanted to just bring that up there. Um, yeah, so we've been watching that. And then, so it's rated PG-13, all three of them. Common Sense Media does give it a higher rating of uh, 15 plus. And so um, definitely not one for uh, your, your younger children. Even though there's not that much blood in it, it's just very dark. dark. Very dark. So, um, and then you and I just started watching The Office recently, which is not much to oh, say yeah. about that. Um, but I will, I would, I will say um, I've enjoyed... Watching it with you. Now that you're getting older, we can watch some stuff, and there's some stuff that's still inappropriate. And I'm like, inappropriate. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Shame on you, Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's been a fun show. Like mm-hmm. I'm enjoying watching this with you. So we're in season two, right? Season, we're, yeah, yeah. Season two. Like I think we're episode ten out of season two. I think so. We're almost halfway. Season one was super short. It Twelve was episodes. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very short, but it was. It's it's good. We're having fun with it. So uh, let's talk about what we're playing right now. So once you uh, start this one off for us. Um, all right, well, I've been playing Animal Crossing a little bit more, trying to, you know, the end of the month is nearing, and so I'm trying to get all those last few bugs and sea creatures I need. I just caught, like, two or three that I've been searching for forever, so now I think I only need two more. And so I'm really frustrated. This has been the hardest month for me. There's a lot bugs. of there's a lot of bugs uh, on this list, and I mean there's a lot of new bugs and a lot of bugs that are leaving in July too. Yeah, and so I, I've caught half of all the new, I've ca- I've I've caught half of all the new bugs. Okay, mm-hmm. um, my, I'm sorry, I was thinking about bugs. <laughs> okay. Um, the other, I'm having a difficult time because the other half of the bugs don't come out until like after nine p.m. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm tired at 9 p.m. I want to go to bed. I don't want to run around my island. Now, one thing I did do is that I planted a bunch, I mean, a bunch of palm trees all over my island, you know, on all three sides of my island with, you know, where all the beaches are. And thankfully, all of these new bugs that are spawning mm-hmm. are spawn on, on palm trees. Mm-hmm. Guess how many I've seen? Four. Zero. Oh. Not, it's not that I've met, like went to try to catch them and I caught one. Zero. Zero. I saw an atlas moth. I caught it oh, just. That's good. I caught it just because I'm like, what? Feel accomplished. Feel accom- yeah, some kind of sense of accomplishment. So last night, um, I went to bed a little bit earlier. And I was like, okay, you know what? It's about eight forty. I was like, I'm, I'll go upstairs, play a little bit of Switch. By the time I get up there, 
get everything started. It's like 9.05. It's like, all right, all these bugs are going to be out. And guess what's happening in the game? Um, Making it so I can't catch bugs. What? Uh, um, it's downpouring. <laughs> There's so, I mean, so only a few bugs are out when it rains. Very, very mm-hmm. select few. Generally, the ones that are like on tree stumps. That's really about right. it. Um, nothing. No, it was raining hard. Once through all my tree, nothing. That's tough. I was like, oh, I, I actually picked an evening to try to catch these things, and yeah. I'm still not catching it. So anyway, I'm a little frustrated. Yeah, this with, has been with, a tough uh, month. Trying Animal Crossing to catch right everything. Now. I've been struggling a little bit too, but I'm almost done. And but then, so then I still need to go get all the sea creatures and everything. I, it's a whole thing. They added a whole new category, so now I got to catch up with that. I'm really enjoying the sea creatures though. We talked about that in the mm-hmm. last couple of shows. I'm really enjoying that. It's okay. Yeah. What else are you playing? Um, Borderlands. Still working my way through there. I, like I said, I think it was the last show we talked about it. I took a break for a while because I couldn't. I was confused. So I need to catch up to your level mm-hmm. so I can help you. But yeah, I was confused for a while, so now I'm trying to jump back in it. But you know how when we first got the game and I was like super bad at the camera? Right. Well, now that I've fallen out of it, out, out of the game a little bit, I'm like garbage at just looking. <laughs> like I can't look around. I can't aim. Is it too fast? No, I just, I'm just not good at it. All right, it. well, you need to get good at it again. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to play so I can get used to it again. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just those two. Well, I told you about my Animal Crossing, so I'm, I'm pretty mad about that. So I'm just going to leave that one off the list for right now. Right. I've been playing a ton of Paper Mario, the Origami King, and I want to talk about that here in a second. But before we do, do that, I've been playing a lot. Uh, I'm still really into Children of Morta, and we did a review on that last week episode. So if you missed last week, just go back to last week, and you'll you'll hear that in there. Um, man, that is such a good game. I can't recommend it enough. Like if, you, if you're looking for a dungeon crawler style game and you don't want to pay, you know, the normal sixty dollars. For, for Diablo, go get it. It's just a great game. Um, and then, oh, well, speaking of Diablo, by the way, that it's not, you know, I can't include an indie corner because it's Blizzard or Blizzard Activision. But however, uh, it's normally 60 bucks. It's on sale at the eShop right now for $30. So if you've wow. been waiting for a good time to buy. Half off. Half off. If you've been waiting for a good time to, to buy um, Diablo, now's the time to go do it. Just jump on the eShop and you can get it right there. Um, so Super Hot is a game that I was first introduced to uh, by Sam, you know, my friend Sam, um, on the Xbox One. I didn't get the concept at first, and I think I saw 15 minutes. He was all hyped about it. I'm like, I don't really get it. Okay, time doesn't move unless you move. Okay. I think I tried it a couple times, and then I died real fast, and I just, yeah, I, I, did, I didn't play it enough to get into it. So I was like, whatever. So when it came to Nintendo Switch, I still didn't pick it up um, because... By that point, I had already experienced it on the Oculus Quest, and my gosh, one of the if there needs to be a, a selling point game for the for the Quest, it, it's 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 uh, super hot. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few other games out there, but Super Hot is just outstanding. It's, it, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so they put it on Switch for, on sale, and and it's actually on our indie corner. So we'll talk about it a little bit there. Um, but I'll say this: I am loving it on Switch which I'm sure I would love it on any, any other console as well because the console version, while it's still similar to the VR version, it's different because you can run around, there's more content, things like that. Really am liking Super Hot. Um, I'm reviewing uh, two other games right now. One of them I can't talk about, but one of them I can talk about right now is Ruiner, which I've talked about before on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cyberpunk uh, kind of game you can get on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam. Hello, pen drop. Um, GOG, things like that. So really, really liking uh, Ruiner. In fact, let me just read a little bit to you um, 
from just from their their own website right here. So Ruiner is a brutal action shooter set in the year of 2091 um, in the cyber metropolis uh, Rencock. A weird soaked, uh, sociopath lashes out against a corrupt system to retrieve his kidnapped brother and uncover the truth under the guidance of a secretive hacker friend. So when you first start this game, you've you've got this person that says kill, and you're, you're a guy. Looks like you're just wearing a um, like a um, my mind's going blank right now. Hat. I'm tired. A uh, no a, a a a helmet like a motorcycle uh. helmet. But the visors pulled down. Not only that, but it's it's all black, and you see these digital letters go across, and it says "kill" or "kill the boss," things like that. And That's so scary. you're playing, and you're and and it's a very fast paced action game. And the whole time is like you've got to kill this person if you want your brother back. I mean, you've got to do what it says. And as you're playing, this is just all happening in the first level. And as you get through the first level, towards the midpoint of the first level, you get this very you get a flash image of someone else saying "stop." You know, in other words, you oh, have yeah. another option. Um, really liking this game, really digging this game. Um, the 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 the, the, play, the art movies again. It's a very cyberpunk art style, uh, cyberpunk anime things like that. Um, it has uh, a, a almost like an unending, relentless, um, constant, just throwing new things at you as you're playing. So it's not like you learn your abilities up front and then that's it for the rest of the game. As you're playing the game. You're getting new abilities as you're playing the game. You're getting new weapons as you're playing the game. Just it's constantly changing, and and if anything, the game almost. I mean, it, it doesn't actually, but it feels like it's getting faster and faster. But what's happening is you're actually getting more comfortable with your ability, so you're running through the game faster and faster and faster, and you're doing all kinds of sick combos. You know, rather it be with weapon, you know, melee weapons, um, you know, guns, whatever it might be. Um, it is a little bit on the harder side when you first start it, and um, it's a, it's a challenging game and I like games that challenge you. I don't like games that you just, you, you, you play and you master in the first hour. It challenges you, you play it a few times. Um, and it just gets more enjoyable, not because you get better, but because you become more fluid and like the game itself, you know, you, you it makes it feel like you're speeding up the game. Really fun. Lots of stuff in it that I really, really like. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, you can actually buy the soundtrack. I think it's $7 on GOG right now. If you don't know what GOG is, it um, it's an old website. It used to stand, or not old, well, it's older. GOG used to stand for uh, great old games. I guess it still does. I'm not sure. I'm saying it used to, but it's just GOG.com. Um, what GOG is, it's kind of, think about it's like Steam. If you're a PC user, all your games, you have this huge library in Steam, but there are, they're all DRM protected, you know, digital right management. Um, you have to log into Steam and everything else. GOG is, has a smaller library but arguably maybe a better selection of games. And their thing is when you buy a game, you own it for good. It's your game. You can always redownload it anytime. You're never putting in CD keys. It's your game. And the other thing they do is they take old games, probably, Jay, a lot older than you are. In fact, there are games that I played um, back when I was a teenager that are on GOG today. What's cool about that, you take those old games, they never run on modern computers, modern OSs, things like that. And they go through there and they patch them and they... Oh, add little cool. fixes, and they modernize it. The game is still the same game you remember, but now it runs on current-gen machines. That's pretty cool. It's super cool. It's like, it's like making it backward compatible. And so, and they're working with more developers all the time, so more, it, it, what started off as a very small site is really becoming a, you know, a, a rich online gaming media platform where you can buy games. And so whenever you have the chance, I always say, if you're going to buy a PC game, I would rather buy it on GOG than Steam any, any day because you're also supporting causes and things like that. Um, 
but yeah, so the soundtrack's like, I don't know, seven bucks. Soundtrack is amazing for this game. The art style is beautiful. Uh, again, it has kind of that grimy grunge, you know, cyberpunk mm-hmm. look to it. Really like it. Um, when the Switch first launched in the first year, there was a game release called uh, Mr. Shifty. Do you remember that? Yep, I remember that. Okay. I really liked Mr. Shifty, but I fell out of it quickly because there was performance issues. Now, it's that game's been out for a long time, and it's since been patched, and it runs w- much better than it did when it first launched. And I liked Mr. Shifty. Um, this is Mr. Shifty as if it came out by, like, a, a huge developer, like a AAA developer. It's an amazing game. It is an indie game, but it's... It, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm saying it's an indie game, and they did an amazing job with it. Um, it's produced by, uh, or its publisher is, uh, um, my mind just went blank, uh, Devolver Digital, and one of my favorite publishers on Switch to begin with. And so the game looks great. It plays great. Um, it's fun. It's, it, it stays fresh continually throughout. Um, the port also looks amazing. This is an older game that's been on other consoles that just got ported to Switch. It looks amazing. It plays It plays even better in handheld, which some of those games, when they're smaller, I don't know how they will transition. It looks great. And so um, I was planning on doing a, an in-depth review next week, but I just spent a long, long time talking about this game. Yeah, I thought you were... I was about to ask you if you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, it actually crossed right it off. I'm not going to do it, but I'm just really liking it. And throughout the whole time... Uh, you've got people talking to you in your headset. It's just, it's a great game. The best, and I feel like I, I can't put it into words enough how much I enjoy this game. Um, I, your best bet is just get on YouTube and just Google uh, Ruiner. It's R-U-I-N-E-R. Amazing game. Now, it is rated M for Mature, um, mainly, I think, because of all the blood and everything else. I don't remember there being any swearing in it at this point. There might be some mild language. I, I, I don't remember at that point. Amazing game, though. Amazing game. Um, I'm I'm giving it an 8 out of 10, and the only reason I'm giving it an 8 is because it is like a dual... uh, It's not a true dual stick, you know, shooter type of thing, but it's close enough to a dual stick, and I just... It's close enough to make you frustrated? Yes. And so um, I'm surprisingly good at this game, even though I'm terrible at dual stick shooters and and Mm -hmm. fighters, things like that. But um, they really, they man, the controls are tight. And so um, there's a few small minor things. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, of, of, again, the dual stick. Y'all know that as well. Um, docked, there's a few frame rate issues. I don't know. It's a, it's a great game. So just um, the I'm not giving it an, I can't give it a nine because that's, you know, few, almost nothing gets a 10. Few games get a nine. Um, but this is a great game. This is like a high eight for me, like an 8.5, if we even did a point system. So really great game. Enjoyed it a whole lot. So, And again, you can get that game on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam, uh, as well as GOG. And um, I would say just check out some YouTube footage. It's an awesome game. Um, obviously, there's haters out there, so don't... don't if you Review if you, bombers. Yeah, if, you're, if, you, if you look on YouTube and you see a, a guy saying worst port ever something like that i'm telling you right now it's wrong because it's actually a a very excellent port um it's a game for other developers to look at and say if they brought this to switch you all can do better over there so anyway oh um but that's what i've been playing and and loving it and so i wanted to talk about um paper mario and the or or paper mario the origami king because we just talked about review bombing on metacritic so uh mar uh super mario the origami, I'm sorry, Paper Mario, the Origami King. There we go. Um, 
I've played some Paper Mario games back on the Wii. I've I've dabbled here and there with other ones. There's uh, a few that are amazing. Let me take it back. There's a couple that are amazing, a few that are really good, and then there are some that are just garbage. And the last few that have come out, for me, have just been garbage. Just boring. Just, um, it's like they're aiming at kids, and it's just, it's really, really, really simple. Like paper? Okay, we're getting to that. Um, I am enthralled with this game. And so... Um, there was someone on Twitter talking about this game, and so I, I just basically gave them a long review, and I just told them, I said, hey, this this game is really good. And so if you've been going back and forth on Paper Mario, the Origami King, I'm just going to say Paper, Paper Mario from now on at this point to keep it shorter, um, look at some gameplay footage. Like, like, watch some videos on it. Read all of the reviews. Don't read just the negative reviews. We have a tendency of focusing on the negative rather than the positive. Look at Look at both sides. There may be things that are you know, actually good points on the negative side, and it might not be your cup of tea. Um, I'm loving it, though. There's humor in this game. The dialogue is hilarious. There's so many times I've played this game, and I'm thinking, I look over, and I'm like, where's Jaden right now? I want you, I want, I want you to see this. So I, what I'm doing is I'm starting to take uh, uh, screen mm-hmm. captures, screenshots, so you can see the joke, but outside of context, it may not be as funny. Um, the dialogue's great. The music is amazing. Um, there's a lot of throwback music back to the original Super Mario Brothers, like the first one on the NES, um, I love, but it's remixed in today's times. I love that. Uh, there's the music, uh, uh, score for the museum is amazing. Different levels, different regions. Uh, every new world has its own theme. Um, loving this game. Uh, it's not an RPG. And I know a lot of people want Paper Mario to go back to its RPG roots. It's not an RPG, but you still get, um, there's different weapons that you can use, you know, because Mario's signature attack is a jump move, right? Mm-hmm. He jumps off of their heads. And so you're, you're, you get different kinds of boots throughout the game. You get different hammers to use. The different, there's different weapons you get throughout the games. There are tons and tons of collectibles to get throughout the game. And then there's toads that you can go save and, you know, throughout the game. And so basically this, not to spoil anything, so I'll keep this very spoiler free, there's this, uh, this, this, this brother and sister and uh, they're origami, so you know they're folded paper into an object. And so he want he comes and 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 wants to you know turn everything that's paper into into origami, so it's folded and it's shaped and everything else. And I'll be one to say that when I first saw Nintendo release this, like their first release trailer for it, I was like, I'm not looking. I'll, I'll hold out for you know what's the next Super Mario Odyssey game. Um, but the more I begin to watch some of the gameplay, I was like, man, this game looks fun. It's one of those games that I'll be playing it, and I genuinely find joy in the game, and I'll even smile. Um, a lot of people are giving the battle system a really hard you know, uh, a review yeah. because basically it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, pie or a, cir- it's a circle, and then you've got to line your enemies up to then attack. Okay, it sounds really simple, and it sounds you know, plain, um, it's hard. I mean, it may be easy in the beginning, but it gets much harder. And then when you get to your first boss battle, it's harder. When I got to my second boss battle and I was fighting the, uh, the I can't remember its name right now, but the water origami monster boss thing, um, the first time I fought him, it took me 20 minutes. And and he was getting, and, and the longer you wait on killing him, the more powerful he becomes. I was having a really hard time until finally I was like, okay, I, I need to back up. I need to watch someone else play this boss. So I, I started a YouTube video, and it's not a walkthrough because what you're seeing versus what he's saying, seeing it's all random. And so, but the, the, the basic idea of the fight is still the same. So as I was learning, I'm like, okay, this wheel battle system is really cool, especially when you 
you know, early in the game, you're knocking enemies out on your first go through. If you don't get it just right and time your attacks just right, even with the circle, everything lined up, then they can come and attack you and you can lose hearts really fast. So this isn't just like an easy little game. Um, what I've been telling people is, and I hate, I hate it when you have to say this about a game, like push through the first hour or push through like the office. A lot of times it's like push through the first, first season. season. First season is a little rough. I like the first season. Yeah, surprisingly. So, um, really, really liking this game. I, I keep going back to this game. And so when the game launched, uh, I played a little bit of it that day. It didn't get a lot, a lot of time, but that evening I played some more and I played for six hours straight. I can't, the last game, wow. I've, last game I've played that long in one setting was Animal Crossing. Um, before that, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there are a lot of great games out there, but one that where I just wanted to keep going, I can't think of one right now. Like, I love Diablo. I've spent a lot of time in Diablo. I've never said that long with Diablo. Super Mario Odyssey, one of my all-time favorite games. It's a 10 for me, Super Mario Odyssey. Love that game. I never spent six hours. Like, okay, I need a break now. Um, Breath of the Wild, maybe, maybe. But even then, it's like, okay, I'm done with this shrine. I don't want to see another shrine. I, I need a break or whatever right. it might be. I don't want to see another Bob Coblin. I'm, I'm done. I need, I need a break. This game, like right now, just talking about it, I want to go back and play. I want to play. And there's hard scenes or hard parts in the, in the, um, in the game where, like, I just, uh, I, no, not just did one, but I played one the other day where you're in a boat going down this river rapids and you're just controlling the boat and everything else. And it took me a while because I'm a completionist and I want to get, and I, I don't want to spoil it and uh, the game, so I won't say anything else on it for right now. But, you know, there's, there's different ways to collect things, and, and each level has four things that scores you on. You get 100%, and I want 100% every single level. And I kept missing a couple of things and or dying. The, the fighting, like you, were, like you mentioned before. The fighting, because I watched you play it a little bit the other day, and it looked pretty fun. You know, you're walking around, you know, you're paper thin. I thought that was all cool. But then I saw you fight, and I don't know, it just looked really weird. Like the whole wheel thing and how there's like... Right. Different, you know, I have to line them up and everything. I don't know. It just looked kind of odd. But other than that, it looks like it looks like a fun game. Uh, how much do, How much um, is it? So it's a full price Nintendo game. Full it's 60 price. bucks. 60 yeah, bucks. see, and I wouldn't spend $60 on it. So um, on Metacritic, again, I'm talking about review, review bombing, um, it has a solid 81 on critics. So it's nice. green. It's a good game. A user score, I've seen it fluctuate continuously between 6.3 and 6.7 oh and um it just it doesn't make sense and so i I just out of curiosity i wanted to see if i could find just some of those user reviews where it doesn't talk about the game um let's see here if it says anything yeah i mean here's one that has nothing at all and it's a zero again it makes no sense that are that it's a solid zero um they probably just don't like paper but maybe that's what it is. For the most part, this game's getting high reviews. For me, I'm giving it a nine. At wow. first, when I was, you know, I was about, I don't know, three, four hours in, I had an eight on it. But the more time I spend with it, the more I'm enjoying it. It's not a ten for me. Tens are really hard to come by, um, and nines are hard to come by. But the amount of joy that this game keeps pulling back for me, I, for me, it's a solid nine. I really like this game, and I think if you and Caleb tried it, I think y'all would really like it too. It looks pretty fun. Yeah, I, I I almost just want to buy a physical copy because you know my my copy's digital. Everything and just buy one through. physical copy and let all of you play it and see what you think. Like Micah wants to play it. Um, it's an easy game to pick up, 
Um, and it's an easy game to keep going in, but then you do have to be, begin to master certain things or you will lose out because it is a, it is a hard game, but man, I am, I mean, it can get, it can get hard if you're trying to collect everything. I, I abs- absolutely love this game. It's charming. It's whimsical. It's everything about it. Love this game. The storytelling is great. So the only g- game that I think that I can compare this to, which is one of the reasons of why I think people are review bombing it so bad is um, the Yoshi game that came out. Uh, what was it, last year? I think Yoshi's it was last year. Woolly World? Um, no, no, no. no. Uh, Not that one. The crafted one. Woolly was before on the 3DS. It's the crafted one. Oh, yeah. And so um, I really like that game. It's okay. It's like a, um, I mean, it's good. It's it's probably a seven for me. Um, and I'm wondering if people are looking at that game saying, oh, kiddish, this, 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 or, or whatnot. Um, I, again, I think it's a great game. Now, I was looking on uh, Metacritic just now while we were talking, there's 536 positive, this is just from users, 536 positive reviews, 101 mixed, 235 negative. And when you look at the negative, almost all of them are zeros. Not like a four or a, th- you know, five. Um, almost everything's a zero. There's a few ones in here, a few twos. Every once in a while, you'll see a three. Almost everything, though, is, is zero. Uh, there was one that I was looking at that I thought was hilarious. And if I can find it again here, yeah, here it is. Okay. Here's what he says. It's, okay, so zero rating. Okay, he gives it a big fat, big fat zero. It's not as good Paper Mario Sticker Star. Okay, most people don't like Sticker Star. It's way better than Sticker Star. And then he goes, oh, yeah, and it's pretty good. It's better than Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, which is considered the best Paper Mario game of all time. So hmm. he's so obviously he's just, my opinion, he's just review bomb. That's all it is. Just talking, because he, right? he talks about how it, this is this is better, pretty good. Better than Thousand Year Door, which everyone pretty much is in consensus is the best Paper Mario game of all time. So that's just some of these negative reviews that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, Maybe that's his opinion. So here's another review. This game has its ups, but it's overall a terrible experience oh. for RPG fans. It's not an RPG game. Oh, that, that So hurts. you can't, no, no, think about it. You can't look at Mario Odyssey and say, uh, it's a good game, but it's terrible for dungeon crawler fans. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I it mean, doesn't it, it make it is terrible for okay, dungeon sure. crawler fans. Okay, sure. I give you that. You can't give the game a zero for that. You're you're not comparing the game to anything. Right. You're going to, along the right merits. And so and there's a lot of reviews that are just terrible. One of them talks about bad graphics. The game looks great. Looks beautiful. It's because it's all paper. That's why they don't like it. <laughs> oh, but it's bright and it's shiny. And then the way they do the flimsy, you know, like when Mario and Luigi are walking sideways and you just see the flimsy, you know, mm-hmm. paper thin character. And then you see those origami creations they make. It looks absolutely fantastic. So I don't know. It's just th- that's one of the issues we're seeing in review bombing. And I just think it's I think I think it's dumb. I just think it's dumb. I think you need to make the choice for yourself. I think you need to watch some videos on it and check it out from there. So what I'm really liking the game. That's good. I think it looks fun, too. So. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, that pretty much wraps up everything there. So let's go ahead and move on to Indie Corner. All right, so this week on Indie Corner, uh, the first one is one that we've already talked about, which is Super Hot. And so um, Super Hot, if you're new to the game, um, let me kind of just read to you um, um, what it says here as far as on the, on the website. Um, that's not willing to open for me. Um, here we go. With its unique stylized graphics, Superhot finally adds something new and disruptive to the FPS genre. Superhot's polished, minimalist visual language helps you focus on what's most important, the fluid gameplay and cinematic beauty 
of the fight. So this game really only has like five, maybe six colors in the whole game. It has your hands, which are black. Um, most of the weapons in the game, if not all the weapons in the game, I believe all the weapons in the game are black as well. The enemies are red. Mm-hmm. When they break, because it looks like they look like they're made out of glass, a they look kind of yellowy, almost like they're lava inside. I don't know. And the worlds are all a white slash pastel, very very light light pastel blue, um, with some little shading, and that's it. So it's a very minimalistic type of game. Um, I think it's cool. The way it it's looks. so cool. Well, on on VR, it's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that in one of our previous episodes. Where we talked about you know Oculus Quest and VR games in general. I don't want to go too too deep here. So uh, at the beginning of the show, or, or earlier on when we were talking about Superhot a little bit, I said I was concerned about it making its transition over to to any gaming console outside of um, VR, even though it started on a regular console and then went to VR. <laughs> so I played it backwards. Um, it's really good on console, and it's not that it because I was afraid it's going to lose features. Like man, VR is so amazing. Is Superhot now going to be just a boring game on console? It's it's the same game. So on one hand, you can say it's the same game because you're playing the same levels. At the same time, it's a totally different game because now you can actually move move your character and hide behind pillars or walk up a staircase to hide and things and to move around. You can explore the, the world in that sense. Um, in, in the VR session, you can duck behind counters. You have limited move space. In this game, you got full move space. So if you've never heard of Superhot, Superhot is a game that only moves when you move so you can see three enemies coming at you all of them with a gun in hand um their their movement towards you and even them pulling the trigger on the gun and even the bullet flying in the air towards you only moves while you move now obviously it's all at different velocities and so if i take a step to the right they might take half a step to the left but that that bullet might get you know 20 feet closer or something Mm -hmm. because the bullet's velocity Fantastic game. Uh, if you like you know, first-person shooters, but you want something to break it up, or you just want a different gaming experience in itself, it's rare that a game comes out and either redefines the genre or creates a brand new genre in itself. And that's kind of what Super Hot does. It it takes a brand new spin on a first-person shooter, uh, and it gives you just this incredibly refreshed, great game. This game gets a lot of nines, a lot of tens. Um, I'm playing it on 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 Switch right now. Uh, I'm giving it a solid nine. I think it's amazing. Now this game is a little bit on the pricey side concerning Indie Corner. We try to shoot for the lower game game or lower or the bigger discounts, but this game's really good. And so it's normally twenty four ninety nine on Switch. You can get it on sale right now in the eShop for seventeen forty nine, and it's been out on other consoles like PlayStation Four, Xbox One. It's on Steam, so I'm sure you can pick it up on sale anywhere you go. But definitely worth picking up. This is one of those games people are going to be talking about years later. It's just an amazing game. Um, the next game I wanted to talk about, talk to you all about was Mark of the Ninja Remastered. Okay, this again is one of those games that it's been out for a while, okay, on other consoles. You can pick it up on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, pick it up on Steam. Um, it's normally $19.99 on Switch, and right now you can pick it up for $4.99. So there's your bargain bin. Go buy that one. Um, this is a great game. Uh, it includes all the DLC from the game. It includes developer commentary in the game. Uh, it looks gorgeous. They've enhanced the graphics just slightly. It is a side-scrolling type of game, uh, but it's all stealth. And so uh, you're, you're you're attacking people from shadows. You're trying to stay in the shadows. You're doing ninja moves like climbing to like like jumping up to the ceiling and crouching, hanging upside down from the ceiling before you attack again. Um, we talked about Aragami on, our, on last week's episode, and we talk, have, 
talked about how much we loved origami. This is very similar to origami, but in a 2D type of view. Um, I, I, five bucks, I think everyone should give this game a shot. It's really good. Uh, does a great job. Has a great soundtrack. Um, sound's always a big thing for me. I like, I like good yeah. sound. The art style is really good. Uh, when you look at the website, it says, in Mark of the Ninja, you'll know what it is to truly be a ninja. Um, you must be silent, you know, agile, clever to outwit your opponents in a world of gorgeous scenery and flowing animation. Um, it's just a great game. And the fact that you can take it on the go, this is one of those games that's perfect on the go. Uh, it's a lighter game on resources, so you know your Switch battery on the go is going to last a long time on this one. Really fun game. And uh, again, four ninety nine, definitely go pick that one up. The last one where I'm going to bring you right now, and it's kind of very different. So we did Super Hot, which is this really unique FPS to Mark of the Ninja, which is a very interesting, but in a good way, very good game. Uh, Mark of the Ninja, by the way, for me, it's a nine out of ten. It's just it's an amazing game. Um, now I'm going another direction altogether, and this one's called Abzu. And so um, Abzu, I believe that's how you say it, Abzu. Um, I don't know if you remember, Jay, but back when you were really young, um, you were probably, uh, what, you're almost 15 now, so you were probably around seven. Uh, I had a game on the Wii, not the Wii U, but the Wii, called Endless Ocean. Do you remember that game? Mm. Where you're just a diver, and all you're doing is swimming through the ocean, and it had a real calm, soothing soundtrack, and you're just swimming through the ocean so. at 480E resolution. <laughs> In other words, game? it didn't look great. Yeah, I loved it. And it's when a game that I'm like, I would like to see this come back. Wait, well, what makes it a game? Um, okay, think about it less game, more of a diver simulator. <laughs> Does that work? Sure. <laughs> it's a diver swimmer simulator of the ocean floor. Right. Um, you can get this game on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam. Um, it's $19.99 normally. Right now you can get on, on sale for $13.99. Um, it, I really enjoy this game. It is a one-person game, but let me just read this to you. Why well, you can't swim into your buddies? Huh? You can't swim with other people? I know, right? I would like that. It says, uh, Abzu is a beautiful underworld, I'm sorry, underwater adventure that evokes the dream of diving. Immerse yourself in a vibrant ocean world of mystery, bursting with color and life. Performing fluid acrobatics as the diver, using graceful swimming controls, discover hundreds of unique species based on real creatures, and form a powerful connection with the abundant sea life. I mean, I can just go on and on as far as reading this. It's a gorgeous game. Jay, here's some, some screenshots for you to look at right here. The game is absolutely beautiful. It's amazing. You're swimming underwater. You're seeing all of these different uh, animals. You can swim with them. You can swim against the tide. Mm -hmm. um, very peaceful, very calming. Um, if there was a game that you wanted to play that you could just chill to and not have to worry about thinking a whole lot, like problem solving or anything, this is the kind of game it is. It's just, it's an amazing game. Um, highly recommend uh, the, the artwork, the style, it's just a beautiful game. Really enjoy it. So, uh, again, that so that was cool. a zoo. Yeah, so those three, again, were super hot. You can get it on sale for $17.49 on the Switch, Mark of the Ninja Remastered. You can get it on sale for $4.99 on the Switch. And then Abzu, you can get it on sale for $13.99 on the Switch. All three games are also available on the PS4, Xbox One, and Steam as well. So, but that's pretty much going to wrap up today's show. So, Jaden, thank you, as always, for recording with me. Yeah, Appreciate you coming on, sir, with your busy schedule. Yes. You live this very social... Um, nope. I was trying to go there with a joke, and nothing's coming. Nope, sitting at home. Sitting at home, so yep. you got nothing better to do. 
Not really. No. You know what we didn't talk about? We'll talk about we'll save oh, it for yeah. our last show, our next week's episode. But yeah, we 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 bought our very first pop characters. Um, like pop games and the like the vinyl characters from different, you know, games or TV shows or even like history. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> Things like like Ronald Reagan you can get Ronald Reagan, you know, our president. Things like that. So um we'll talk about it next show. I'm yeah, we'll save it for the next show. So anyway, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at DadsGC as well as Facebook.com slash Dad's Gaming Corner. And as always, drop us a line at heydad at dadsgamingcorner.com. We'd love to hear your own thoughts and stories. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio, wherever it is, uh, leave us a review if you would. It gives, it gives us a lot of help, a lot of good feedback right there. And, um, you know, five stars, whatever you can do. And then, as always, if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do so via Patreon at patreon.com slash dadsgamingcorner. Jay, it's going to wrap up the show for us. That was a good show. That was a good show. We got through a lot of information. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Hope you all enjoyed the show. And uh, next week we'll talk about, there's a game I really want to talk about that I can't talk about right now because we're recording. I know, like, we're two days early. And so it's just like, ah, nail biting. But next week we'll talk about the game. I'm super excited to talk about a game. And it is an indie game. And it's a great indie game. Lots of fun with this game. So until next week, y'all be safe. Play lots of games. We'll talk to y'all next week. (laughs) 